1: The Parkinson Spiegel Show.
2: If y'all ready,
1: give me a hell yeah.
4: Oh, hell yeah. Danny,
0: I know that you don't read the company email. Yeah. Check out this email that Bonnie just sent out.
1: We have complimentary vouchers for a monster jam at Allstate Arena this weekend.
5: Yeah. Are you ready for some car on car action? Yes. Yeah. This is going to be so sad. I hope I don't cry. Pro Monster Jam,
6: already got tickets already going. Uh, I brought you some more videos, you got your choice, porno or monster trucks. Oh, and I got one that's both. When the, the p- promo came on, first thing Jason said was, "He goes, is Danny Park is taking Owen to that? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the really good one.
1: Yeah. That's oh. awesome. As long as Bigfoot is there. If Bigfoot's not there, then Grave Digger, Bigfoot,
5: they they've got to be there, or else it's not legit. See,
1: I, yeah, that's sort the of thing. I was told that the the <laughs> Hot Wheels Monster Truck thing that we went to the first time isn't real. It's the minor leagues, man. It, it, this, is, this, this is this is the, the real thing with the dirt on the ground. And so yeah, we got I got six tickets and. Me and two of my buddies that I've known since third and fourth grade were bringing all of our sons. Oh, no. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Got a box at Rosemont. (laughs) And the kids—it's skybox for the monsters, and it's kind of cool.
2: That (laughs) is some dadding, man. That's some real hard dading. We're
1: pretty excited (laughs) about it. One night only. The amazing, the astounding, the unbelievable. Trunka, Soros,
0: twenty tons, and four stories of car-crunching, fire-breathing, prehistoric insanity.
1: One night only. One night only. One night only at the Springfield Speedway this Saturday. If you miss this, you'd better be dead.
4: One, two. 3 and here,
1: here we go. go. Here we go. Here we go. go. Here, we go here we go, Tony. We go. The Parkins and
5: Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. The countdown is on
1: to Monster Jam. I never thought I'd be the guy who go see monster trucks. Me neither, man. Two out of 7 weekends. <laughs> two out of 8 weekends. And here I am. Anything for my spoiled-ass toddler. Oh,
0: God, it's so funny. I guess I'm trying to think of how old Ruben was because I'm reliving it as you are doing it. It's because there's just something about him, man. There's a really understandable allure to them. They're giant trucks. They're super loud. They trample stuff. They
1: got cool paint on the sides. Cool names. The big noises. Like random acts of fire happens at, at, at the show. Like it, it, was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, he was like, Is that a dinosaur truck? I'm like, I guess. I don't know.
0: As long as we keep making kids, they're going to keep making money. You know what I mean? Here's one danger, though, and maybe it won't happen because, you know, for obvious reasons, we're different people. Afterwards, uh, Ruben just couldn't stop saying Gravedigger, Gravedigger. Mm. So I did a search on Spotify, and I found a German metal band named Gravedigger, and we started to listen to their 10th album. I just looked it up. It's called Gravedigger, their album. And he really liked track two, which is called "The Gravedigger.
1: So they're
0: not that creative
1: necessarily. I'm hoping that eventually he has a little bit more culture and eclectic tastes. Yeah. Sure, but he's three. Sure, it's sure. like it's like those signs for kids when they want like when they go to preschool or kindergarten for the, like what do you want to be when you grow? It's always like garbage man. Oh yeah, construction worker. These... No- nothing wrong with any of those professions, of course. But. Every single kid at the preschool wants to be a garbage man or a construction worker because those are the only jobs they know. He might want to be a gravedigger yeah, is what right. you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's possible. But fun fact, if you do have a little kid and they mention
0: something that reminds you of a song, play him the song if they like it. Put it on a playlist, which I've done for him, and he's got oh. about 120 songs on a playlist or whatever. So he has grown into a guy who appreciates the band Gravedigger because of Monster wow. Checks. So, okay. But I hope, I don't recommend that.
6: I, let me I, let me say. I thought for sure you were going to go with like the Wu-Tang crew, Grave dig us uh, AZ at the end, RZA produced with their, of course, their big hit, 1-800-SUICIDE. Oh, yes. So I was hoping you weren't going for that.
0: thank God you're here. That's out of my sphere. I don't go that deep on the Wu-Tang Clan. So thank you for, for no, and I, I, maybe I would have been better off. What's better for him? German metal or the Wu-Tang Clan?
1: Probably yes. the Wu-Tang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Music exploration, right? Yes. See, I, but you're, yes, but you're saying then, like associating something he likes with song is bad. I no, think no, no, I, I, it's got to be good. I think
0: it's good. It's got to be good.
1: I, I do, th- I do think it's good. All right,
0: inherently, but you know, yeah. good, good luck and report back.
1: Who knows, man? It's gonna be, it's gonna be an adventure on Sunday. Looking forward to it as always. And yes, people saying about the. Hearing protection, it's incredibly... Hard. I kind of wanted it for me
0: last you, you time. You see, yeah, like, bring your own, your beats or your noise-canceling, yeah, whatever you got.
1: I, I'm going to need to, because, yeah, it's. I was like, oh, it's kind of soft for the, the adults to wear them, but... Shane, yes, soft for the adults to wear the headphones?
6: I mean, what do you think my is going to be, man? <laughs> yeah, I just love it, like, you in a box at, in Rosemont, uh, is there a room for, like, sensory issues? <laughs> like, sir, you're in one. You're in a private box. There's... Sir, you could merely close the windows, if you'd like, sir yeah but it's just like my ears are hurting a little bit <laughs> it's
1: it's kind of loud oh the noise is a little it's a
6: t- could you turn it down it, it's Turn like, down the volume, please. Uh, it's, it's also, like uh, speaks on vacation when we were doing the scorehouse uh anniversary thing asking the waitress to turn the music down on the balcony at the <laughs> restaurant hey can you ask the monster trucks to turn down a little bit
1: <laughs> okay. is that, is that uh, not how it works
6: oh uh, also uh we're out of pinot grigio here in the box
1: please yeah it's a thought it's a thought. Okay. I was not watching the Bulls game live last night. Yeah. I was at the Northwestern game. Oh, I want to hear about that. We will talk about it a little bit later on, probably after polls position, maybe an hour from now. But uh, they are now 3-1, uh-huh. right, in the, in the Pat Beverly experience. Yeah, Zach Levine drops 41. Can I give you
0: a, an amazing number about Zach Levine? Please. Yeah. So I saw this um, this morning that the most points in an NBA game with zero assists and one or fewer rebounds. Because that was Zach last night. 41. He has the all time record for most points in an NBA game without a single assist. And only one rebound, one or fewer rebound. That's the kind of game that Zach playing. It actually fits just fine, and that's what
1: Pat Beverly's told him: just shoot well, and score. And that's what he does. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking, right? Like, that that's a crazy stat, but but it's what you want him to be on, on this team. Well, because he's never going to be like the guys who signed the identical contracts to him. Yeah, the five years for two hundred fifteen we Trey Young and Luka. Those are
0: playmakers and offense creators for everybody. Yeah, that's not going to be Zach. No. He's the guy who scores 41 with zero assists and one rebound. By the way, the other people on the list, and I'll retweet it now from Mike Garrigan, who does great stat work, Dale Ellis, just a gunner. Sure. Uh, Alan Houston had 37. And Jeff Malone from the old uh, Washington Bullets, um, so that and, and that company makes all the sense in the world. So anyway,
1: yeah, well, it's it's an interesting thing because like I, obviously that's crazy extreme, and Zach is a normally a four to five assist per yes. per game guy. Yeah, so surely you'd want it to be a bit more well rounded, but in the context of what this team does need at the moment, mm. he needs to be an elite efficient scorer, and he has been that recently but the pat beverly part of this is where we're stuck with having to force it to be interesting because they're <laughs> honestly <laughs> i know that was a throwaway line on your next it, point
0: yeah but it's so telling it, for, it, for you and for a lot of others frankly yeah well,
1: yeah man because like i so i catch up on the game and what happened and then i'm like well so now let's it let check her out uh, the rest of the league oh yeah they're still on the outside look again mm-hmm you know they are still the 11 seed if if it ended today so they still would not even be in the play in game they're one game back of this after going 3 and 1 in that four game stretch against the beatable eastern conference teams since pat beverly uh has been here but listen to what beverly said on our post game show last night about he kind of how he approached that game
5: unselfishly out the last the first three games obviously when you come into a new team you don't want to impose your will you want to kind of get the guys in the spots. I didn't like how we lost yesterday. I felt like I could, have, I could have took over that game, and and I just wanted to come out here and impose my will. I'm going to play my game, and, you know, I'm going to move the ball early. If I see a mismatch I like, I'm going to take it. I just wanted to be ultra aggressive, and uh, it worked out tonight.
0: Oh, wow, it's interesting. So he's saying that last night he was directing traffic, seeing the mismatch, and trying to send the ball to the mismatch and direct traffic that way, and he did not do it. The night before, when they collapsed and fell apart. Last night, they collapsed and just barely did not fall <laughs> apart, with thanks to a Chris Webber situation from Jaden Ivy.
1: Poor Chris Webber. I saw you tweet that. Right?
0: Don't you agree? A
1: hundred percent.
0: There's oh, what an amazing career in college and the pros, and yeah. yet he's still the reference point, and I'm propagating
1: it. So I'm yeah, sorry. right, exactly. You're you're also contributing to it, yeah. but he knows, and he's probably he made over. Two hundred million in his career yeah. to probably wash away some of that pain. It also
0: took him like fifteen years to talk about it with any sense of comfort. So I I always got the sense that it tortured him, you know.
1: Oh, I think the whole college experience tortured him. You're right because he just didn't really have any relationship with those guys until very recently yeah and it still is apparently kind of fractured
0: absolutely Jalen he and Jalen had no Jalen Rose had no relationship so
1: yeah it seemed like the whole collegiate experience uh tortured him in a lot of ways but yeah it's tough for an all-time great passing big man who made hundreds of millions of dollars (laughs) did national television work for like a decade and did a lot of great things and is he in the hall of fame Maybe I don't know. He, but sure,
0: he sure could be.
1: Yeah, just a, a great player is known for a mistake when he was 19 years old. That's that's
0: interesting. That's a, a topic for a slow day in March. Wait a minute. Um, <laughs> who else has a mistake unfairly stapled to them when you look at the entire career? Bill Buckner.
1: Bill. Bu- so Buckner, <laughs> Buckner, and Weber would be the top two. I think so. I mean, Jose Canseco has the blooper for the ball going off his head and over the wall. Yeah. Yeah, right. but but his
0: greatness was so short lived and so steroid addled that I no, don't feel course. bad for him. In that, I'm way. not asking
1: you to feel bad necessarily. It
0: sounded like you were, Danny.
1: I'm just no, but, no, no. I got gotcha. you. But but who who else do we think of?
6: Um, Lee Harvey Oswald.
1: <laughs> oh, who's the? Uh, you know, West, this is gonna what be... <laughs> happened,
4: unfortunately, to President Kennedy in 1963.
0: <laughs> that was November 22nd, and we don't know if it was uh, Lee Harvey Oswald or a whole big thing there, but. Uh...
1: He kind of got blown away.
6: We don't know. That was just kind of staple to him. It could have been a whole big thing there. Could have
1: been a whole big thing there. Um, Mitch's, unfortunately, is an underrated part of that clip.
6: Un- unfortunately. Yeah, just, Les, just
3: what happened,
6: unfortunately. <laughs> oh,
1: Mitch is here. unfortunately. <laughs> just, just to be sure that we were clear where Mitch was um wow. Unfortunately. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, you guys ever see the documentary about the, I believe, it's an Argentinian soccer player or Colombian soccer player? Argentina, or maybe Brazilian. Now I forget. Yeah, sounds right up the my own alley. Own goal guy? Escobar. Yeah. He scored the own goal. Colombia, I believe. Yeah. Colombia. He scored an own goal, had an incredible career in soccer, but scored an own goal. And I think they murdered him, right? They, they went he
6: after him. Set on fire while celebrating <laughs> yeah. his birthday.
1: So you just threw out three
6: yeah. countries of and order. We to. don't remember his name, by the way, so I, that's how. I, could, I just, mean, was that it Escobar? could be Escobar. It it I mean, it's a pretty fair guess.
1: It was. Three, three countries. It was Andres <laughs> and
6: Escobar. I almost
1: said it. Andres,
0: Andres Escobar. He was assassinated in the aftermath of the 1994 World Cup after having scored his own goal. And so, I was at
1: that World Cup. Not that game, yeah. but I was at the
6: World Cup game. Everybody, you weren't down there, I was. <laughs> Where were you
1: after that? and <laughs> then
6: set on fire while celebrating his birthday. I mean, didn't the same thing happen to Garrett Crochet after the, he blew the game in Oakland <laughs> oh, in 2020? Wow. Wow. I haven't seen him since. Uh, it's possible. They assassinated him.
0: Yeah, Scott Norwood. Scott Norwood had a pretty good NFL career, but all that guy is laces out thanks to the movie and everything else. Yeah. And Buffalo 66.
1: Yeah, so. All right, yeah, some good ones coming in there. Yeah. Uh, on the text line, but. What do you make of what Pat... So, Pat Beverly gets 10 assists wow. la, last night. Yeah. He's doing uh, Billy Donovan's dirty work. Nailed it. Nailed it! Thank you. Good work, man. I'm, I'm a professional. Yeah, he
0: is, th- That's the thing that was interesting to me, is he's doing the dirty work to the point that Vucevic, very obviously visually... Wants nothing to do sometimes with Pat Beverly telling him what to do. When Vooch clearly wasn't paying attention, didn't help, didn't even fake help. Like, even didn't even look over, and the man goes by, and Beverly has the odyssey, excuse me, the audacity to tell him directly, and Vooch wants none of it. And that That was interesting, because, like, okay, they clearly... I think they either tuned Billy out, or Billy just stopped saying that stuff. And are they just going to tune Pat Beverly out now? Well, at
1: some point here. Well, I mean, at some point, there's n- not a lot of time left. I, I I think what is what is fascinating about it, even if I hate it with every fiber in my being, and I think it would be objectively better for their long term chances if they would be one and three, mm-hmm. uh, or zero oh and four in this stretch, than three and one. Just for this particular moment in time, is. They basically brought Pat Beverly in here to just be messy. Like, call people out, hold people accountable, we'll get Dragic out of here, not that he's the problem, but we'll let him go find a a peaceful NBA existence. Go
0: show these people what you think they should be playing like.
1: What does it mean? It, It clearly means something to you to wear Chicago across your chest. Can you get that across to any of these diva superstars? You know what I mean? Like, our coach... Who we just gave an extension to apparently can't get through to these guys. Yeah, it, it. I don't know that they brought him in here to be a coach. I thought they. I think they brought him in here, yes, to be a point guard, obviously, but to make it really uncomfortable. I think so. But I think it, so. But pro- professional. Like- professional discomfort. <clears throat> occasionally as a leadership strategy or a management strategy, yes, brings out the best in people.
0: And 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 if it doesn't, then you know what you have. Like so they're they're rattling the cage a little bit here. Yeah. So they can gain some information. And we've I I, like I made that case for Pat Bev based on his skill set and his fit. Um did so just the other day with Will Purdue. But this part of it was you know, was written about a little bit, but we're seeing it play out pretty directly. Listen to Billy Donovan post postgame. Yeah. You tell me if he sounds a little emboldened by this exact factor that you're talking about, that now Billy can just go ahead and say what he sees about this team that collapsed and gave up a 21-point lead before holding on.
4: I know how hard it is to win in this league, and never mind win, but win on the road. So I don't want to diminish the work that these guys put in, and everybody puts in, but you know, it's it's the thing that we've got to make a choice on. I, I was really encouraged the way we played basketball in that first half. We had 20 assists. I think we had 69 points at the half. We were moving the ball. And then we come out, you know, just very, very carefree, relaxed. And, you know, we got it back up to 20, didn't close the third quarter the correct way, and didn't start the fourth quarter the correct way. And you saw what happened. They're, they're playing with energy, and they're overwhelming us because we're just – you know we had our foot on the gas in the first half and then to start the third quarter i took a timeout i mean the first minute and 30 seconds into whatever it was it was i don't know if it was minute 30 but it was pretty soon it's just we got to like eventually get that corrected where we just keep our foot on the gas and and we just got to be able to do that and i think it's i've said this before it's 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 everyone you know we as coaches have got to try to find ways to you know, correct it, help them, or do something to help them. And they've got, as players, I think, also figure out, like, that they can't come there. And that's kind of what we fall back into. We fall back into this company. So you see this team in the first, you know, 24 minutes of the game that's playing unbelievable, beautiful basketball. Then you see a team looking lethargic, uninspired, un- you know what I mean? And that's it's 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 amazing to me, to be quite honest, you know, because I have a lot of hope and optimism with this group because you see – the best of these guys. And listen, as long as we're playing to that standard or trying to for 48 minutes, you know, it's fine. But, I mean, it happened against Washington. I think I mentioned to you that our offense was struggling in the first half, and then the second half we came out and played great. Today it was flip-flopped. I mean, we played an outstanding first half, and then the whole second half, you know, not the whole second half, but there were moments where it was just, you know, it wasn't good. We got up by 20, and we kind of caught ourselves. But, you know, and, and some of it, to be honest with you, we got lucky that we got up 20, we had some good things and good fortune happen to us, but we, we got to get get that resolved.
0: So maybe it's just that one little moment. That's what I caught last night. He says lethargic and uninspired and calls him out for that. And, and if, if people have been listening to every post game, maybe that isn't new. I, I don't know. But to me, it was like, he, he could go even harder now because he's got a player backing him up and going at them, saying the same things.
1: Yeah, he didn't strike me there as being particularly harsh. Um, it was honest. I'm just like, this team does not really deserve compliments right now. And I mean, I know that sounds harsh, but you're supposed to be so much more than this. And I'm not saying you're supposed to be a championship team. I don't think anybody really thought that, but they're not supposed to be fighting for the play in five games below 500, eking out wins over a team that is tanking. I mean, Detroit has 15 wins, man. Yeah they are one of the four they are one of the teams that really believes that they can get the savior in in Wembenyama. And, and they're
0: taking advantage of Cade Cunningham being hurt and all this other
1: stuff Yeah exactly so like like they it's um to barely beat them you shouldn't talk about them in like glowing ways and i'm not saying in any way that you are but like
0: But no but it sounded like he was do he was mixing in too many compliments right right it's just
1: that it, it this I is hear this is, he was softening the
0: blow unnecessarily.
1: Yeah, it is, it is a... Once they decided to stand pat and then to add, even minimally in the buyout market, they had to go on a run. Yeah. And so far, four games, they're doing it against bad teams. They're eking some out, but we'll see.
0: Uh, Peoria Matt says, so we have Rondo and Hoiberg part two. Which is uh, an interesting thing. When Rondo was locked in, he was on Butler. He was even on Wade and didn't care. And Fred Hoiberg was uh, a soft leader, so I understand the comp. It's probably very common around the NBA.
1: Absolutely, because you you sometimes you know it's it's hard. Yeah, they're all made guys with fully guaranteed contracts yep. that have a ton of power and a ton of talent. Polls position in 20 minutes. Terrible news developing uh, for the Cubs. Jed Hoyer weighed in. We'll hear from it coming up. Also, right.
0: also, a ton of really good examples and ads to the list. So we'll do that quickly as oh, well.
1: Of players uh, known for, for the blunder.
0: Really good careers, but known for the blunder unfairly.
1: All right, we'll add to that coming up. Dave wants that at four o'clock. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel show.
6: Right you guys right. just stinked. <laughs> you just stinked. I, wow. I think I've been great. I, I was going to how you great speed. You sports, know, we, well, we've you had... have been kind of stinky too, Danny. I'll be honest. <laughs> really? <laughs>
0: Afternoons on the score.
5: And the air out towards left center.
0: That one on its way. See it. Say a Suzuki touches them all.
1: with the call that he workshopped right here on the Parkinson Spiegel show <laughs> for his signature <laughs> Seya Suzuki home run call. I, I forgot that. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. We'll check in with Boog at some point from uh, from Arizona. The Boog person. The Boog person. 15 minutes from pole's position. Uh, Jed Oyer spoke today. We'll play it in a minute. Sayas Suzuki's got the moderate oblique strain. E-E-E. He bulked up and he got huge and already having some problems so before we hear what jed said is seya suzuki just in position players first second or third best player on the team now that dansby swanson's here
0: um god track record in the bigs i gotta say second but track record in japan and potential was absolutely on the table that he was going to be the best player on the team this year
1: so you have him above hap
0: I I do because of the the power potential and a much more important position in right field with great instincts.
1: Okay, I think that I I think the offensive upside makes me agree with you. Um, Hap obviously coming off an All Star season, in theory, there's more to go yeah. there. Ton of leadership.
0: Those are your top three, and uh, Nico Horner could uh, bang his way into. Into that, those those are probably your top four players. Who knows what Cody Bellinger is going to be offensively. But in my mind, like two weeks ago, I was thinking Seah Suzuki. Remember, I was talking about... Overdrafting him in fantasy yeah. leagues and betting his overs. Like, I thought he had a great offseason, was ready to go, and the comfort level, yada, yada. So, I, I had a high ceiling for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think everybody did. I think yep. it's a huge... So, I wanted to kind of get that out there because he's clearly a top-three position player on the team where your own personal belief is in whatever type of leap he was able to make in his second year in the big leagues. Yeah. And he's right in his uh, athletic prime. Uh, you know, I would, I would think it's supposed to be Dansby Swanson for the, the contract and shortstop and all of that, but... Uh, You
0: need a a few of those.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, regardless, top three position player on the team, already with a significant injury, off of being bulked
5: up. Here's what Jed Hoyer had to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. I think you – Got himself in such great shape over the winter. He was obviously turning heads here. Um, I think he was excited for his you know, first you know, real season, real spring training, getting getting used to everything. And uh, obviously, it's a setback. But you know, it's actually in some ways better now have, have it happen now than have it, have it during the season. And you now just get him healthy and get him get him back and get to playing. So I, to me, a little bit of it was uh, um, like a wake up call from for, for us. It Was like, hey, this is what happens. So, you know, as I always say, you write your lineup down, and, you know, in the winter, it's never the lineup you write during the season. You always have injuries and things to deal with. And this is the, the first thing to for us to deal with from a depth standpoint. We could certainly handle it. But the important thing is getting him 100% healthy um, and getting him right. And... You know, I know you guys will ask about opening day or ask about return to play, and it's really just about making sure he's totally healthy. We don't want this to recur. We want him to have a a really good season, and the best way we can do that is really get him back to 100%, and whenever that happens, we'll do it. I think a lot of bad decisions are made um, around opening day. It's one day on the calendar, but people rush back for it, and we want to make sure that we are patient. Uh, If he makes it back for that, that's great, but that's not what we care about. We just care about getting him totally healthy. Then how do you view the outfield picture, you know, guys like Talkman or DeLuzzi or some other non roster guys in addition to some of the younger players in camp? Too. Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely gives some guys um, opportunity to, uh, to make the team that might not have or might have been uh, facing a different competition. So uh, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll obviously have a lot of conversations about it um, through the rest of camp, but um, it's too early now to really say much. It's March 2nd.
2: Say so Sia talked about wanting to, you
6: know, still keep his body strong through this process. Do you guys look, reevaluate, or I don't even, that might be the strong word, of, of just kind of the approach that was taken in the off-season with the diet and then the weight gain, the, the muscle added? Do you guys look back and, and say, like, you know, does this have something to do with the oblique or is it just too random of... It's,
5: yeah, it's probably hard to ever know. I mean, certainly, you know, weight training generally reduces injuries, not not causes injuries. You know, I think that he obviously got really strong. Um... But I think in the return to play, we'll certainly make sure he work on his mobility and make sure that, you know, he wants to maintain strength, but also, you know, maintain mobility. And that's what we'll work on during the return to play.
0: Man, so, so mixed Woof. in there, right? Mixed in there was the <laughs> phrase, uh, strong unlikelihood of opening day? Yeah. So, yeah.
6: Was,
0: was that the turn of phrase? Strong? Yeah.
1: Bad. He didn't even seem terribly interested in opening day. He said sometimes bad decisions are made around rushing people for opening day. And yeah. we want him to have a very big, productive season. So if he makes it back, great. If not, that's okay. We're going to be cautious with it and make sure that when he comes back, he's good to go. But you can't control that with injuries. We've seen that time and time again. This It takes away spring, and then it'll be a rehab assignment. And then i will have to get his timing back. And Yes you, you could overcome it and still play in 140 games Sure, I suppose that's possible mm. but it strikes me as unlikely
0: you ever um, you ever injure an oblique muscle you ever have like or any like core, muscle in there
1: yeah i mean i'm only like 90 sure what the oblique is but yeah core muscle sure yeah it's, pa- it's painful yeah
0: the, the oblique is mm-hmm. it is is in here I, I, i've done it it's in the chest like near the ribs yeah, i've done it you're rubbing
1: yourself yeah, you're, <laughs> it, yeah, you, yeah, yeah i'm yeah, giving yeah. it to myself yeah. should i wait till like, i get home for that yeah probably
0: yeah um but you know i remember thinking that it was a rib like i cracked a rib yes. or something like that
1: yeah it you i often like after. With golf and like the the twisting of the sports, it's a, yes it's very 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 painful.
0: Uh, yeah, so I'm sure there's lots of golf examples. There's so many baseball examples. I have heard this described as wait for it the worst baseball injury ever because worse than Tommy John? Well, sure. I, I mean, in terms of like soft tissue stuff, like yeah, because it, it doesn't go away unless you do nothing. Like, you literally got to do nothing.
6: Great. So, well, also, like, with the Tommy John, you're on the shelf for about a year, and likelihood to return at pretty much 100% is pretty high. Yeah. But with the oblique, like, you could, like, think you're back and ready to go, and That's then all it. of a sudden you take a couple cuts in the cage, and then, boom, you're out for another three to four weeks. That's it. Like, it's three, four, or five weeks on the front
0: end, and if you push it and test it with basically any baseball activity, you could
6: retweak it, and it's another three weeks. It, it, just as Tony says. And there – and it can mess up someone's entire season, and that's one of those things we never truly know, but the guy all of a sudden is like, yeah, my oblique was bothering me the whole year, right. and I re-aggravated it, I, and I, it had a bad season because I, of it. I made a tiny adjustment, or
0: I, I was swinging the bat in fear for a month right, exactly. and a half. Exactly,
6: that's the thing I was thinking
1: about. Yeah, you're, you're worried about going too hard for it, and then you overcompensate, and then right. you got a hole in your swing. And Exactly, it, yeah, yeah.
0: and it can just mess you up, and because of the mental nature of baseball, it can just send you down a path of feeling lost. So that's why it has that, that reputation. Reputation as the worst baseball injury.
1: Do you want to reevaluate the floor of the Cubs season? Because injuries are a part of uh, floor scenarios. Because so, You said their floor was 80 wins.
0: So some of these suggestions are really great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About just, the... Uh, I'm
1: it was two days ago. You said, it. maybe it was three days ago, you said the floor uh-huh. i.e. the worst case scenario for the cubs was 80 wins and yeah. now you guys are talking about Seiya suzuki I hear who you said is the most important best position player on the team right uh might have the worst injury in baseball yeah so maybe so
0: you're the mush it's possible so um scott norwood <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and chris weber uh, Bill Buckner, unfairly maligned after their after their very good career for
1: a mistake. That Escobar character.
0: Yeah, Andres Escobar. Um, Great suggestions here. Georgetown's Freddie Brown. He's the one who threw it into James Worthy's chest in the Michael Jordan-Georgetown game. Okay. And Freddie Brown was a great Georgetown Hoya, but only remembered
6: for that. Um, Jim what about Marsh- bad, bad Leroy Brown? Now he was known as the worst guy in the whole he, damn town. It was the baddest, yeah, yeah and the worst, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Yeah, my was, personal opinion. So you guys always argue about he that. Better, better about... than Garrett than mm. Garrett Cole. But generally, he was pretty good, except for that one day where he was really bad. Right, just, just stuck to him. Oh, yeah. He had a pistol in his pocket and a he had a, he had a razor in his shoe. Athletic. You're telling me that's not that bad? Right. He stood about six foot four.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure he was better than Garrett Cole though. I really don't think
6: so. Ooh. Oh, guy that makes debatable. Me happy. Uh J- hey, it's from the south side of Chicago. That's a little different. <laughs> Jim
0: Marshall, the former Minnesota Viking, went in the-, the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, guy goes the wrong way. He was a finalist for the for the Football Hall of Fame, but you know, mentioned Jim Marshall, like, oh yeah, that dude ran the wrong way. Um, and then of course Donnie Moore, who was a very good closer up until the point he wasn't, and then ended up killing himself. Always leave him laughing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So about that floor.
0: Oh, yeah. what? <laughs> Damn it. We have a little more time, huh? Now, well, uh, Steve, Steve Sachs mm-hmm. and Chuck Knobloch, mm-hmm. you know, good yeah. players, but the yips you think yeah. about. Mark yeah. Wohlers. Mark Wohlers. Thank you, Danny. Good stall.
1: People are texting in Leon Letts. Like, like, having a blunder, but they, is that the thing that's singularly, like Tony Romo, people said him to hold. It's not the thing that singularly defines Tony Romo. It's. It's right. D- it's different. Right. They Le- had a bad thing, but. Leon Lett's
0: not a bad call, though. Leon Lett had a pretty. How long did Leon Lett play? It, uh, it's football I it. now. I can get Danny distracted with
1: ease. Now listen. I, I knew the, the floor thing was ridiculous the moment you said it. I'm not happy about, say, Suzuki's injury. I'm just uh, happy that you're looking like you're wrong.
0: Are you less? Are you more happy about me possibly being wrong than you are unhappy about, say, Suzuki's injury?
1: So, Leon Lett played 11 years, (laughs) 10 years in Dallas, and one year for the Denver Broncos. That's a long, good career. That's a long, good career. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, But he's the goof who
0: celebrated and Don Mm -hmm. Beebe tracked his ass down.
1: That's exactly right. Uh, Oh, we got a break. That's too bad. Yeah, we learned something about how Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are approaching evaluating players in the draft. What does that say about them? What can you gain from it? It's the topic of today's Poles position. Next on The Score.
3: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need.